Well, friends, you'll be happy to know this is going to be one of my shorter messages for the year because we purposely planned this service to enable you to have maximum time with your family and at the same time maintain what we believe is the real heart of this day. And I have really enjoyed the service up to this point. Every bit of it is purposeful, the Advent wreath, the announcements, the welcome, the, the Christmas hymns and, and carols. It brings back so many memories, doesn't it? I even found myself singing in harmony <laughs> that I learned many years ago because we had a real stickler of a choir director and she made us sing in harmony and I love to sing bass, sometimes baritone. But let's reflect on God's Word. During the month of December, in the lead-up to Christmas, we've been celebrating the life of Jesus as recorded in the Gospel of Luke. Luke is one of four Gospels, which means good news, which is the story of Jesus' life on earth. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. So we've been looking at the Gospel of Luke, and Luke reminds us that all humans are sinners and need salvation. Jesus was, for Luke, the supreme example of what the power of God can do in a human life. Because we have been studying Luke for several months, I'd like to reread Luke's account of Jesus' birth. And that's the first 20 verses of Luke chapter 2. So if you'd follow along on the screens. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria. And everyone went to their own town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to Bethlehem, the town of David because he belonged to the house and line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him, and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born. And she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She, she placed him in clothes, wrapped him in clothes, my version is a little bit different. She wrapped him in clothes and placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. <clears throat> but the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in clothes, lying in a manger. Suddenly a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem 
and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. So let's reflect on those 20 verses. There are three things in this story that stand out to me as very memorable and reveal much about the birth of Jesus and some practical lessons that I hope you can take home and apply in everyday life. The first lesson is in verse 7. Mary wrapped Jesus in clothes and placed him in a manger because there was no room for them at the inn. Now, sometimes it's very hard for us to comprehend the totally humble, simple circumstances into which Jesus was born. His earthly mother and father were not wealthy. When Jesus was presented in the temple, some days later to be consecrated, the sacrifice offered by Mary and Joseph was a pair of doves or two young pigeons. This was the offering of a very poor family. Jesus grew up in a family where he had to do manual labor and learn the trade of carpentry. He didn't grow up with a lot of things handed to him. Jesus learned to appreciate small blessings and things that many times we have come to take for granted. There are many lessons here for parents and how we raise our children. If the Son of God was born in such humble circumstances, what does that tell us about our attitudes of pride and entitlement? The second lesson is in verse 9. The shepherds were terrified when the angel of the Lord appeared to them and the glory of the Lord shone around them. The angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all people. Well, if you think about it, when you read back through the Bible, to see the glory of the Lord, the glory of the Lord, which is the goodness of the Lord, the countenance of the Lord, the appearance of the Lord, was often a terrifying experience. Just about everybody who saw the glory of the Lord was terrified. They were frightened. And almost always the Lord's messengers said to the people, do not be afraid. In the world today, there, where there are so many things that can get us down or worry us, the Lord wants to speak those same words. Do not be afraid. Why should we never be afraid? Because everything that happens, God will bring good out of it if we trust him, if we believe in him. We read in Romans 8.28, For we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purposes. That's a powerful promise. In all things, not just some things, all things, God works for the good of those who love him. So if you love him, good things are going to come out of whatever 
you go through. But I always say to people, good things come to those who persevere. Sometimes you've got to hang in there. If you leave quickly, you don't receive the same blessing or not as much positive happens as can happen if you persevere in the scene of your trials. Another scripture that I find a lot of comfort in is Romans 8, 38 and 39, where Paul writes, I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Now, this is a profound statement. There's nothing in this world, seen or unseen, that can ever separate you from God's love and from his watchful eye over you. Do you believe it? Sometimes it's easy to forget, isn't it? We think we're all on our own. We're standing there with no defense, but God's promise is certain. And you know, these promises really don't mean much unless we have faith in them. That's why I say faith leads to virtue and virtue leads to freedom. The third lesson is in verse 19. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. Mary treasured up all these incredible things that were happening, all these angels the shepherds, all these amazing things being said about her newborn son, and she pondered them in her heart. Now consider all that Mary had experienced surrounding the birth of Jesus. Consider these things. The announcement that she was to give birth to the Son of God, the spectacular appearance of the shepherds and the angels. Yet with all these things, Mary had a special grace to treasure these things and ponder them in her heart. How many of us are good at keeping a secret? <laughs> Not many of us. I'm beginning to think it's a lost art. Telegraph, tell a Christian. You know, if you want something to be repeated, even if it's in confidence, no, it, it does happen, doesn't it? So many times we want to blurt out everything that we know or anything that we've seen. But there's something in Mary's demeanor that demonstrates character in a person who God can use for his highest purposes. Maybe the Lord is speaking to us during this time of Christmas of these three things that he really values. These things that he really values. Again, they are to remain humble, to not stand on your entitlements, to avoid pride, to not be afraid, to not give way to fear, and also to just sometimes keep secrets. It's something that God has shown you, just continue to ponder it and ask God what it means. So I'm sure that there are many lessons that we can all glean from the story of Christ's birth, but these three stand out to me and are lessons that we can take home and ponder 
as we approach 2023. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for your amazing goodness to us. Thank you for reminding us of the true meaning of this day, of Jesus' humble beginnings, learning the value of work, dealing with our pride and a sense of entitlement. We see in Jesus an example of never being afraid, regardless of fear gripping people around us, fear of the future. You give us hope, which is confident expectation of the future. You give us the ability to treasure in our hearts the secret things that you've entrusted to us. So Lord, in this coming year, may we reflect on these things which arise from the story of Christmas and may they become a part of our life and our habits and the way we conduct our lives. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. And I just want to close in this way to thank all of you for coming today, for your constant prayers, your support in so many ways. I think we really do have a, a wonderful church here, and it's growing, and we're going through a lot of lessons, and we're learning a lot of things, but God's doing something really special here at Southern Cross Center. And I just want to thank you for your kindness, particularly to Elaine and me in this Christmas season, for the many expressions of, of your love, of your support, of your encouragement, and uh, we're committed to a new year that's going to be even better than the past one. So thank you all very much, and we wish you a Merry Christmas.